Hello, it's Jamie from My Dad Wrote a Porno. Now, Christmas just wouldn't be Christmas without my dad writing some really terrible erotic literature. And Rocky Flintstone has not disappointed this year, because 2018's Christmas Porno Special is available right now exclusively on Spotify for two weeks only to get you in the festive mood. Not only that, but you can listen to all four seasons of My Dad Wrote a Porno, as well as thousands of other amazing podcasts, all for your oral pleasure. Just head over to Spotify and start listening now. Hey guys, this is a bit of a different one. I feel like I've said that a lot recently. Like, I feel like I have. I think it's because we've been doing some different things on the show with guests and bits like that. But as a as an overarching principle, me and Harry want to record some shows where they, they have like a narrative, they have an arc, and then we're trying to get across a certain message, something that we're learning in the business. Yeah. And I fired across like a one-liner in Slack to Harry the other day. Yep. Uh, I can't remember what, what was the actual things that I said. Uh, it w- The line of text that you sent over was... That was easier than I thought it would be. Just had to tell a guy, completely honestly, he needs to stop what he's doing. So I sent that to Harry and then we just sat down to the mics this morning and we just recorded a couple of shows and we couldn't work out a way to put this in terms of a narrative. So this is a conversation that me and Harry are going to have just about that. And if this ends up on the show, it's because we found there was some value in it. If this doesn't end up on the show... I don't, well, I don't need to give you a reason for that because, <laughs> because you're never going to hear this. Um, but we're just present this, and aware the mics bonus, are rolling and this, this yeah, this might end up being a podcast. This could come out on a weekend or something just as a... Either way, I don't know. We do three episodes a week. We need to give some people the time to breathe at the weekend. <laughs> they want more. <laughs> so... How do you want to take this? Do you want me to just give some context to what... So, uh, without being... As too specific just try and explain the scenario the, uh, that made you send that text to me like what happened you'd had a meeting um... so I got asked I got asked to get, go to a pitch meeting yep. where it was me and someone else in the industry that has um, a good sized company 30 people in the company they do they know this industry very very well uh, from a user acquisition social media sort of thing so I got asked to go to the meeting where someone had a new idea and they're trying to build a new product and they wanted to use my community, their community as distribution channels for their new idea. It hadn't been built yet, idea on paper. And they basically pitched it to us. And so the long and short of it is, is as we went through the meeting, the message that I sent you was I got to a point where I had this little annoying voice in my head which was there's loads of red flags going off in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I was like, I checked out like 30 minutes in. I was like, this is a non-starter. <laughs> not as in like not listening, but I was like, uh, there's no interest for here for expert trades. kind of come to a conclusion. On the business front. Yeah. So I thought I'm just going to opt out, say it's not for me and then leave. And then the guy carried on talking and he was explaining like how he's getting a bit of frustration at home. His wife's annoyed that he's continuing on this idea. And he's using his pension money right now to fund the business. And I had this this voice in my head, which was like, you've got to be honest. You've, I've got to just tell this guy right now exactly how I feel. And it is one humble man's opinion. But he's come to me for advice and potentially to do a deal. So he must in some way respect what we've built. And Yeah, I think the idea is the two guys in the room, you being one of them, were 
he was considering industry experts sort of like people that that knew the industry and the advice that you could give was valuable yeah you weren't just well, John off the off <laughs> John who pulled the car over to listen to the show it's shouting re- some advice the previous episode by the way people um yeah 100% he's he's obviously valued us enough to put us in a room together and organize that meeting and drive two and a half hours to get to it but I kind of got to this point where I thought I really need to tell this guy not to do this idea he's to use that old I think it's a catchphrase um boiling the ocean like he's trying to do such a monument he's basically trying to compete with Facebook and YouTube and the data that he was throwing out was wildly inaccurate from an industry level and a social perspective. And it just made me... Inaccurate because he'd not actually measured it or it just kind of pulled numbers out of thin air or... He basically looked at other industries and just translated it into ours. Like this happens in the retail sector. This should happen in the construction space. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's not uh, one for one. <laughs> no, exactly. The reason we're in business is because our, our space is so like it acts like a dinosaur like it's 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 slow to adopt yeah so but i got to this position i was like normally what i would have just done two years ago a year ago six months ago i would have opted out not for me thanks best of luck see you in the future but i kind of went into this and i remember like vividly like i was like thinking as he was talking i kind of zoned out no idea what he said for this 30 second period and i was like <laughs> doodle the cat <laughs> so i was like do i do i tell him what i'm actually thinking and what I was actually thinking right now is you're at risk of damaging your marriage. Your business is not going, in my humble man's opinion, again, I just want to drive that home. But from what you've told me and the, the motivation factors behind all of this and the fact that you're using your pension, there is zero chance. The two people in the room, the two companies, me and this other guy, if we took his business plan and tried to operate between our 50 people and a couple of million pounds worth of funding, we still wouldn't be able to make it work fact just wouldn't be able to make it work okay. and this is one guy who's hasn't got resource hasn't got that yeah but Will, is currently sp- put his life currently spending his life's yeah. like his pension his life's work that he gets paid back yeah. on this business idea and i had this thing which i was like in two years time if i meet this guy at a conference or an event and literally i fast forward i was like if i don't tell him how i'm feeling today the amount of regret that i have if this thing goes down the pan as i think it will so i had to basically tell him let me just be honest with you. And it came from like a place of like, I loved him as a guy. He was so energetic, mm. so passionate, a proper like, proper wheeler dealer entrepreneur. Like I actually saw a lot of my dad in him, to be honest, because he's like that wheeler dealer mentality, mentality to the fact that even reference in the meeting this time next year, Rodders will be millionaires. Like that, <laughs> like that was my, that, that was my dad all over. Um, but it, I kind of saw that in him. I was like, listen, I told him that I, I need to tell him, I told him not to do this business. And I think it's the responsibility of myself. And if you're asked for advice, give hard truths. And I know this isn't what we, we're going to really dig into on the show, but I just wanted to cover off the fact that it was the first time ever that I came from a, a genuine place of absolute empathy and honesty. And I thought it'd be much, much harder than it was. But I think because I, I came with my my feedback and the reasons why, and the fact that my biggest concern and my worry for him right now is that he will spend every waking hour and every mm. second of his life and every penny that he's got pumping it into this thing that from my perspective is has zero chance, just zero. It's not even if it's like a 5% then go for it, swing for the fences, just zero chance of winning. 
So I came, I came out of that meeting and messaged you that because I thought that's the first time I've ever had to have that cold, hard truth. And it taught me a big lesson around when you've got to have a hard conversation with someone. As long as it's coming from a genuine place, you should have the conversation. As long as there's no ulterior motive, like, whole shit, he might actually end up competing with us in the future. Like, if, if that is your concern then you shouldn't be in the meeting in the first place or you should just address that head on and be like, listen, I'm, I'm going to step back because I think we'll end up competing in two years' time. Best of luck, competition's good, but I can't do anything right now. It was none of that. It was a genuine, I can, I'm concerned for you as a person. And one of the things I just wanted to put on the mics is if you've got hard, hard conversations to have with anyone, whether it's your staff, your family, whoever it is, as long as you're coming from an honest place, just have those hard conversations because they're not as hard as they, they feel in your head. And on top of that, even if they go completely tits up and the guy fights back and argues and tells me I'm wrong, my conscience is then good. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can walk out the meeting and I won't have any follow-on meetings because he knows I've drawn a line under it. It's done. I'm not going to spend any more of my time on it or energy on it. I'm not going to think about it or worry about it. But even if he just goes in at me and tells me why I'm wrong and he's going to change the world, which I kind of half expect when you're dealing with an entrepreneur, it left me in a good place. I've got no emotional debt in that conversation. I've got nothing hanging over me. So anyone that's like, if we if we drop this, anyone that listens should definitely think about the fact that when you've got a hard conversation to have, you've got to have it as long as you're coming from the right place. Have the hard have the hard conversation. Be empathetic, and then see where it goes from after that. Don't get hung up. Don't don't come from it with an ulterior motive. Understand where your actual thoughts are. And then pluck up the courage, and it is hard. Pluck up the courage to have those hard conversations because it's the only way you'll actually move forward. Um, but as we dug into it, yeah. So I was tr- I was trying to think. Okay, so what's the message here? What's the lesson that we can pull out of it, uh, and the listeners can take home? So one of the things I suggested was, well, does this mean then? Or sorry, the question I asked you is and what could be the title of the episode, which turns out is no good. Um, it, is how does he or anyone know when the the business that they're working towards trying to build trying to create is just going to hit a dead end it's not going to work that's the problem is like being an entrepreneur like the like the definition of being an entrepreneur is like trying to do something new mm-hmm. and that's and there's some great quotes out there and I'm going to butcher them but it's something like if everyone says yes to your idea it's a bad one because it's it's too close to something that exists mm-hmm. it's too safe like entrepreneurs are the guys that are delusional enough that they think they can actually change the world in some way. Yeah, and that's kind of why it's not been done before because no yeah. one's been crazy enough to think of it or or just not willing to, to go through with it. But my, this just sounded so, from my point of view, it just sounded like, wow, it's it's almost destined to fail. But how, you can't, it's the very nature of trying to build something new is to just go against what, yeah. <laughs> what everyone else believes in. Go, go against the grain and try and build something big. I think there's a there's a couple of like red flags that popped up, and just to actually to answer your question, I think if you are like, when do you know your idea is dead? I think too many people try and go from zero to hero in terms of I've got this idea, let's build it, let's go. I think, and I can't remember. I feel like we've covered it off on a recent episode, like that whole validate your idea. Mm, yeah, he had done none of this. Like it had been him on paper, ideating about this thing he wants to build, and on paper it looked amazing. On paper, the financials look fine. On paper, the distribution channels look fine. When you apply that to like real world, real world situations and how people actually react, that's why I knew it was dead. So I think if someone's listening to this and it's like, oh, am I in this situation where I should be taking my idea behind the shed and shooting it? 
if you haven't validated your idea, that's the key takeaway right now is you need to build these data points, these sets of indicators that show that what you are doing is actually wanted. And there's ways to do it. Did we do a show on this recently? Yeah, validating your MVP. Is that the name of the title? Uh, I believe so. Cool. So go back and listen to that. And the idea of that is like find some ways to actually see, do people want this? Will people pay for it? What is the version of it they want first? And you can then validate stuff like features over products and all that good stuff. Mm. You need to get out of the office or out of your bedroom or out of the basement or out of wherever you're doing this crazy idea and go and speak to people in the real world. And this is what he's done. But he might have, and I would have respected him just as much if he said, Adam, thanks for the feedback, but I think you're wrong. But then what I wanted him to do was go and prove his assumptions before he goes and spends any more of his pension on it. Like you, if you've got an idea and you can't validate it with real people that want it, it's going to die. If you can't convince early people when it's not built, there's no bugs, there's no issues on just the idea, the mission, then you're going to fail. And that's one of the red flags that came up in the meeting. There was no mission. It was, it was, it was, there's, I, I've got this idea that's going to make loads of money. And I was like trying to dig into like, well, why do you want to build it? Like, look at the financials. Because it's a money maker. <laughs> yeah. And like we, we dropped an audio clip um, from Timo. Timo. And we dropped that on Instagram. And that was your first well, yeah, story. When, when, you, you when you literally told me this uh, before we turned the mic, so I was like, wow, this, I think this is, I believe this is exactly what Timo was saying in that soundbite. It's literally, he says like, follow your passion. Don't ever be motivated by making money. But, and, and that's the thing is, and I think what's happened, therapy session time, I think what's happened for me is the more I've realized that when you're a mission-focused company, it makes decisions easier. You say no to, I'm going to use air quotes, opportunities easier because mm. they're actually just distractions. They don't fit your core mission you start to get somewhere and get somewhere faster. So I'm like real sensitive now when people are talking about their business idea or plan. And if I can't understand the reason they're doing it, like what is their actual motivations? Who are they trying to solve this problem for? Like, why is this an actual pain point? If I can't get that in the first hour of being with someone and understand that, like the alarm bells went off and it went off like 20 minutes into this meeting. So I was like, this is all just, there's a way to make money yeah. because we can take all this stuff apply it to this platform vault it charge for it and I'm just like but why He's like, and there was no there was no motivate there was no internal like because I see this problem in the world there was because we're going to make some money obviously like, just look at the finance document paper just look at the graph every graph goes, every graph <laughs> goes, goes up every graph goes up and to the right until you actually start building a business and then, <laughs> then the world punches Turns you in the face it's upside down <laughs> <laughs> So that was just like a massive red flag for me. Um, so I think the reason we turned the mics on in the first place is that there was just something that felt very uncomfortable. And it was a combination of an understanding of this business is being started for one, the wrong reasons. And it hasn't been validated at all. Yet this man, who was a lovely gentleman, like he was fun, he was energetic, he just you struggle to get a word in because he was that passionate about this thing. But the end of that sentence is he was that passionate about this thing that's going to make him rich and everyone that takes part will make them rich. And then all of a sudden you we look call at those that. pyramid schemes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then but, you look at it and you go, but I just know from five years and I'm only, I'm a first time founder. I don't know shit. I don't know 
shit. I just know the mistakes that I've mm. made. And it should, I'm going to make loads more. But the one thing I've learned is if if you're doing it and there is the thing that we did Tough Mudder last weekend, I, I looked at my wife. We went around with half the team and half the members. The reason that I do it is because I get to impact real people's lives and do some really good fucking work and help people. That motivates me. That motivates the shit out of me to do that. I got none of that from this guy. I just got financial data metrics. And I think for me, when you run a business five years in, it is so, so tough on some days that if you don't have that underlying motivation to why you exist as a business, you're going to quit. It's going to get hard. You're going to quit. Simple as that. Like the market is tough. And if you don't, if there's not like this deeper fire in you to build this thing and make it, put it into the world and help people in some way and fix a problem, you're just going to die. Like every every founder that I've spoken to that I've seen have any degree of success and by success, it might be they're in business for two years and then it goes bankrupt because they couldn't get enough customers quick enough, but they've all got a deep motivation and passion for what they're trying to do. And they've found five, three, 19, 27 customers that believe in it too that's what that's anyone listening to the show that's what you need to go through you need to find that motivation and just make sure you do it because there's so there is so many there's so many ways to make money apart (laughs) from running a business like and that was my answer to this guy he was like but i really want to do this i'm like and he took and he's basically built this whole model around this one business that that could be a client i went listen go to that client offer them 50 percent of the business if they put you on a salary and put some money in, ask them to put their money where their mouth is. He's had three meetings with them and they've been like, yeah, it's been cool, good idea. Come back and see us when you've got it done. Next one, come and see us when you've got it done. And they're just knocking him into touch every time. And what I actually think is happening is they're not having the hard truth in him and saying, no, no, this isn't going to work. I'm not going to use it. They're trying to be polite. And he needs to force that client. He's kind of building the model around Mm. to say, guys, if you believe in this, put some money in. And he He needs needs to to validate it. Yeah, he needs to validate it. He needs to like, and he's like, well, I don't want to get 50%. I was like, ideas are worthless right now like there, there is no way that you can get this done without this client and without money you, you'd rather have 50 percent, even if you sell 10 percent. the numbers are relevant but go and validate it and get someone to put their money where their mouth is yeah, because, then yeah, because he it, knows. even if he only offered 10 percent, for example then they if they thought it was worthwhile they'd barter on the percentage if he gets got. to a point where it's negotiation yeah. tick the box validated yeah. this is valuable awesome and that's like the, that's the, the, the Adam and Harry ramblings. It just like, it was a really interesting meeting for me. So many red flags kicked off and I just wanted to like have this on the mics and be like, there were so many, th- I wish we could have recorded the meeting and played it back to everyone on this show because it was a perfect example of trying to build something for the exact wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side of it is you would have heard how to have an honest conversation from and just basically like crush this idea and I, I i didn't want to go in soft the guy i had the meeting with he this is a good point after i came out of the meeting the guy I had the meeting with really, really respect the guy uh, from the other company he was like i'm so glad you said that i wanted to say everything you said but i just didn't have the balls i didn't want to be harsh he was like you fucking crushed that guy i was like <laughs> i was like i was like yeah but i didn't i didn't want to crush the guy i wanted to crush the idea and that's what i wanted to get across like I love the guy. He was cool. I wanted to crush that idea there and then so he doesn't pursue it or he's forced to go and validate it. 
So it was just really interesting. Like, I don't know. Like, what's your thoughts on this so far? Are you going, are you going to put this on a show? Is this? Yeah, I think, I think a an interesting take home that I'm I'm feeling, what I'm hearing, what I'm feeling from this conversation is, and throwing it back to the te- to what Timo said is like, follow your passion, follow the cause, do things for the right reason. Like making money, being successful is a byproduct of of following the right cause like people people will rally behind the right cause yep. and by rallying behind that means they'll buy the product they'll they'll contribute uh, to the cause or donate whatever it may be or they'll give you feedback they'll help you innovate yeah. i had a very interesting fiery meeting with someone in our industry where he came out and says you're a relatively small business you've only got nineteen thousand, uh and we've got x thousand in our community and i might have dropped this on the show before but he doesn't have a community like mm. he's transactional. I'm, there's a risk that I go too deep on this and it becomes obvious what I'm talking about, but he's bought into a business to make it transactional. Whereas I think the key thing is, and that's what makes that business vulnerable, regardless of the size of your business and the revenue and whatever you turn over, if it's purely transactional, it makes you vulnerable. You are never too big to fail if you are only caring about the bottom line. The key thing that I think we do, and it's so hard to do, because it means we have to say no to certain things that might help us pay the salaries this month and all this stuff. I think the key thing that we do better than anyone I've seen is we've got like that community and you get that by having a mission. You don't have that by building a product or a service. The mission leads everything. People buy into the mission and the products and everything is a byproduct of you trying to complete the mission. Help tradespeople have a professional, profitable business. Give them a better quality of life. Impact them. Everything we do falls off that and because they know that, they buy into it. And that makes us, that's our moat mm. around the business. That makes us defensible. That means that 17 guys, 19 girls can't get into a room, develop code, launch a product and put us out of business. Can't happen. No no company out there can get 40 smart people in a room and out develop us. Because you've got to win the hearts and minds of our customers yeah. first. And that's hard to do. And you only get that by being mission led. I think that's a strong note to finish on. Just leave it there. I, I guess like, this is I going like on the show. Like yeah. Yeah. Guys, if you have any questions, you can email them in to harrison at experttrades.com. Which always has two T's in the middle and one S at the end. And by the way, guys, I just walked away from the mics. And as you read the email, I was like, <laughs> we've got deep to drop lunge. The- <laughs> deep lunge. <laughs> two T's in the middle, one S at the end. And if you are on the gram, as the kids call it, follow us, startup podcast. Our Instagram game is good right now. And we have, have some consistency to it. Drop me a follow, drop me a DM, connect. I want to hear from you guys. And if you haven't yet left us that review in iTunes and you've got this far through this episode, you know what to do. It would mean the world to me and Harry. It motivates us. We want to hear your stories. So go and leave us that five-star review. Let us know who you are, what you do, and why you listen to this show. And on that note, we look forward to speaking to you on the next episode of the Startup Diary Podcast. HSBC, we understand how important it is for businesses to keep pace with technology. That's why we've brought together some of the world's leading minds to ask how we can use tech to create a more sustainable future. I think everybody cares about sustainability these days. It is just the number one priority for businesses and their employees and for consumers. 
There are constituents that are becoming more and more focused all the time on sustainability, and the investors have become very interested over the past few years. Initially, when we thought about sustainability, we thought about things that we had to do ourselves. But then what we recognized is many of these global challenges take more than one company to solve. For more innovation insights and discussion, watch our full video series at business.hsbc.com forward slash tech. HSBC. Together we thrive.